Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo, and hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard Podcast. I'm like, I can't even remember the name of my own show. I'm Mike, your host today, every week. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I am now one week removed-ish from the debacle that was the national championship for my TCU Horn Frogs, and I am I'm kind of over it. It was kind of lessened by the Cowboys playoff victory over, you know, Tom Brady, the GOAT. That was uh, a little bit low blow or, or, or lessening the blow. But the reality is the national championship was so bad. And we're in football season in the midst of the playoffs. All this is going on. But it's one of my favorite times of the year because we, we already had the Hall of Fame Veterans Committee announcement of Fred McGriff getting in the Hall of Fame. And now we are faced with, in just uh, a week or so, what are the writers going to do? Who are they going to put in? Is anybody going to get in? And so I want to talk through the ballot. I want to talk about, you know, players that I think should be in. Uh, we'll talk about cards of these players, autographs of these players. But, you know, I have a lot of friends that love Hall of Fame just as much as I do. I've invited a few of them on tonight to help discuss this. We've got Frank, Baseball Hall of Fame autographs all the way hey now. from Detroit, Michigan, and from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, Chris, Hall of Fame holders. Hello, everybody out there. Do you all love Hall of Fame just like I do? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiasm is overwhelming. I don't know what to do. Uh, yes, we do. It's all we talk about. It is all we talk about. So there's different guys that all collect the Hall of Fame stuff that I'm in these little group chats with. And so we're always speculating. We're always thinking. One of my favorite things to do is prospect for Hall of Famers. And I know both of you guys do that as well. Um, this year is an interesting year. We've we've gotten rid of all the major Royd guys. Sosa's off the ballot, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, obviously for different reasons, but but they're all off the, the writer's ballot. And so the first thing I want to talk about is the process and what you guys, how you guys feel about the current way that the Baseball Hall of Fame allows the writers to elect players thoughts on that good bad and different frank go first i think uh i'm used to it it's status quo at this point it's been this way since 1936 so i mean what's the point of changing it now so i mean it's good that the veterans committee we have a veterans committee i wish it was a little more transparent on how they vote but we'll never know that so there's two avenues to get in if it ain't broke why fix it 
Okay. I don't disagree. I mean, these are the people who watch, who know, who basically travel, live with, and or at least we presume they know um, these guys and their careers and um, and those of everybody else. And so, you know, for a comparative analysis, you know, it's, it's probably the best thing we got right now other than maybe players or something. But, you know, there's, there's going to be cronyism uh, if you do something else or do something different. You can't let the fans vote. We see how the, the All-Star game <laughs> played out before. So uh, I think it's the best we got. The one thing I would add to that, though, is I wish there was more transparency. Even with the Baseball Writers Association, I think you ha- if you want to vote, you got to disclose who you voted for. Maybe even why. I would love to know why. We just talked about a ballot that came out today where I think he put an article where someone voted just for Alex Rodriguez. So I would love to know the reasoning behind that. And I think he- there was an article attached to it. So I yep. appreciate that voter. There are a lot of people that do come out with public ballots, explain their, you know, reasoning on voting for certain players, not voting for others. And so that, I like that. I like reading arguments for and or against certain players' candidacies. And the reality is, I think we as fans, there's, there's a, a group of fans out there that study this stuff as much or more than the writers. I know there are plenty of writers that I probably know more about these players that are on the ballot than they do. And that's not to say I should be a voter. I'm not, I'd love to be, but I got to go write for 10 years or whatever it is before I, I, I let chosen YouTubers do it. Yeah. yeah. The YouTubes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We could do it, but there is this great website and I feel like everybody should know this, but I know everyone listening is there, I have a lot of new people every week. It's weird uh, that may or may not know about this, but there's a website. If you just Google uh, Baseball Hall of Fame Tracker, you will find it. Uh, the guy, not Mr. Tibbs, he's on Twitter. And uh, it is amazing what he has built over the last 10 or 15 years of doing this, of, of amassing all of the different votes through you know, reading articles or people sending him votes. So he gets a lot of direct messages straight to him. Here's who I voted for people disclosing their vote to him. Like he has become and his team. He has a team now that, that kind of tabulates and works on this. So there's a public spreadsheet that you can click on. Uh, if you Google that, you know, baseball hall of fame tracker, you will find it. And it'll show you every writer that has disclosed their ballot, who they voted for. If they've, change their mind on a player and added them, change their mind, their player and taken them off all kinds of great stuff. And so for a hall of fame addict like myself, it is so cool. Once, you know, basically in January, you know, mid December, you really start seeing some votes come in because the ballots are due by December 31st. And so you start seeing ballots come in and then all through January until announcement, which is next Tuesday, it'll be the 24th. What day is that? It's 24th. Yes. The 24th. Okay. Uh, I think it's at 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern. They will announce if anyone gets in. Uh, and that's the that's an interesting thing. Is anyone going to get in? We, we haven't had a blank writer's ballot since when, Frank? When's God, the year Bonds was up first year in Clemens. I can't 20, remember what year that was. was Chris Bain. What's that? The first one or the last one we had? We had one in twenty one. Yeah, correct. Twenty one was the first one. Correct. Maybe Maybe one in thirteen. Was it maybe thirteen? The year that Biggio could have been was close, but didn't get in. 
So it doesn't happen often is my point where the writers vote in zero players. Um, and to me, overall, my overall impression of this, of this group of candidates is pretty weak. Honestly, there's no surefire guys here. If you exclude Royd guys, uh, to me, there's plenty of surefire guys on here, but that's, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but that the public would think is, yep, he's a Hall of Famer, no question, absolutely. Uh, so do y'all think it's a weak class or is it just me? I, I agree. I mean, I, I think if you're a big Hall guy, you could certainly make the case for for several of these players. I think if you're a small Hall guy, I, I don't know that any of these guys necessarily belong. Um, I come, I'm kind of in between, so – um, there's a few guys that that I would feel comfortable if they were elected, um, but overall, um, the ballot doesn't have any surefire uh, guys on it. Certainly, no first ballot Hall of Famers or anything like that. Well, I want to spend some time. Go ahead, Frank. If you have another point, I was going to say I am sure we're going to get to. I think the strongest candidate not ever associated with steroids. Not saying cheating, but steroids is a uh, a guy who's being punished for other matters, which I'm sure we're about to get into. Okay. Well, let's go through the ballot. I'm going to do this alphabetically because it's simple that way. Uh, there's some guys that are we're not even going to talk about that at this point with about 42% of the ballot in, they don't have a single vote. So they're obviously not even being considered by the writers. And so we're not going to consider them here on this show. What about Mike but, Napoli? Mike Napoli. <laughs> Napoli. Uh, I would vote be, for him. He should be in the Rangers Hall of Fame. Uh, I'll be there. So the first candidate that I think are being is being considered by a lot of people. You've got Bobby Abreu in his fourth year on the ballot. He's currently at 19 and a half percent of the public ballots that have been announced. Thoughts on Bobby Abreu? No, no, he never, I watched him through his entire career. Never once did I say that is a hall of famer. And I, I read the articles about it. I think there's some homegrown uh, voting there, whatever. I don't know what the word is, which I understand. But, I again, the, what's good about the, uh, our age and these players is we've seen them play. Okay, We're not talking about the 1900s and the 1800s. We know these players. We've seen them with our own eyes. He never once passed my eye test. That's just me. Should the uh, eye test be Go ahead, Chris. I was excited. I think he's a Hall of Very Good player. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, he's – he's. but I, I agree. You know, is he a top 1% of, of all baseball players of all time? He's close, but he's not close enough for me. Yeah, I'm a total no on Bobby Abreu. And, and I'm an eye test guy, honestly. I think especially – I can't be an eye test guy on – like you said, Frank, guys from previous eras that I wasn't a part of. But it is cool that everybody on this ballot are players I have watched their entire career. And eye test matters. I I think people dumb baseball down into all about the statistics. Don't get me wrong. It's more important in baseball than any other sport are your stats, career, seasons, etc., awards. All of those matter. But at the end of the day, do you want to watch this person play, this guy play, right? Like, I want to make sure I, I go to a game where this person's playing. I want to make sure, like I was telling people towards the end of the season, like, go watch Pujols if you have a chance because he's, you know, inner circle Hall of Famer 
when it's all said and done, don't miss this opportunity to go see this guy or watch him on television or whatever, right? Abreu never did that for me. Um, so that's that's easy. That's a no for all of us. Uh, not worth going in any more than that because we got a lot of names to go through. Uh, Carlos Beltran, first year on the ballot. He's probably the most decorated player that's on the ballot for the first time this year. Uh, certainly the most hall worthy. What do you guys say, uh, Chris? We'll start with you on Beltran. Sure. I mean, he gets punished for the the Astros scandal, which unfortunately was a blemish on his career. I remember him as a really good, even postseason player um, early on. I I would vote for him. I would not vote for him on the first ballot if I had a a ballot. I'd probably make make him wait several years. Um, but I, I think three year three or four, I think he's going to get in. Just me personally. I heard an argument about Beltran that I that made some sense to me with the whole Astros thing. You know, you're punishing one guy. It was a team thing, right? It's not like Beltran acted alone. Was he a part of the team? Was he part of it? He was a purported forerunner, though. <laughs> okay. I think that matters. Do you? I, I do. I well, and you gotta, my background is, and I, I think, you know, but I'm a prosecutor. And so there's different levels of culpability when a crime, sometimes if, there, if there's a crime that's committed. And, you know, it, for instance, if there's a bank robbery, you know, you've got a getaway driver. You've got the guy who sticks a gun in someone's face. Um, under the law, all those those people are, are treated, you know, they, they face the same punishment. Um, but uh, to me, you know, the guy who stuck the, the gun in, you know, some poor teller's face is more culpable and um, should be maybe punished a little more severely. And I, I think everything we've seen and heard, Beltran was the most culpable um, and, and kind of the driver of that from what we've heard. Okay. Um, what about the... <laughs> My son put it pretty eloquently. He's like, why is that? This is when it all happened. And he was, you know, 20 at the time. So his his young brain just thinks differently than us old guys. But he's like, what do you mean? They were just trying to gain an advantage. Like, it's why didn't they hide their signals better or whatever? Why did it, you know, shouldn't they try to, why shouldn't they try to steal signs and, and all this kind of stuff? Um, they're... I actually kind of went, okay, I get that. Like he made an argument that made me go, yeah, I kind of, if you ain't, it, it's. You ain't trying if you ain't winning. <laughs> you, you ain't cheating. If you ain't cheating, you ain't try no, trying. No, um, exactly. But like, hey, if they can figure out your signals, whose fault is that? The, the player who figured it out or the team that's not changing them up? And I mean, look what football teams go through to try to hide what they're calling the plays and all this kind of stuff because if you can figure it out why shouldn't you try to figure it out yep he's throwing a curveball i mean now to what about the, the electronic means though yeah the the technology does take it to another level of dastardly deed right but uh i don't know it's i'm very much on the fence on it i as you can tell i'm i'm playing both sides as best i can so you're not a dodgers fan that's for sure no, not a Dodgers fan, but I would vote for Beltran. I think his body of work was incredibly solid. I mean, the Astros thing was his last season, next to last season, right? I mean, now would you vote for him on the first ballot on this ballot? 
Look, I'm a big believer if you're going to vote for him at all, there's no – yes. He's yeah. either a Hall of Famer or he isn't. Exactly. You exactly. know, and so – I mean, Stein stealing goes back. They say the Bobby Thompson home run way back. It was it 51 or 52, I forget what year, which off of Branko. They say that uh, – I, I want to say even maybe George Kell was the one, Hall of Famer, was the one that was able to relay the sign. There's a, like a long myth that – they that Thompson knew the sign was coming. So you granted the electronics has gotten more sophisticated, no question, but there's definitely that, like you said, uh, you ain't trying, you ain't cheating, whatever. So, I mean, it's not related to steroids. I really felt Beltran was always a hall of famer. Uh, and I would vote for him this year for sure. Sorry. I got actually a technical difficulty there. I got kicked off my own thing, but again, a lot of people use the argument on steroids. Oh, they were a they were a Hall of Fame player before they used steroids. Beltran was a Hall of Fame player before the 2017 season. That was his last, his 40 year old season. He was a, you know, part time player at best, right? I mean, he played 129 games, but for me, it's just the that that old good old integrity clause trigger. Uh, and you know, you can you can definitely look at that and you can read into it, and it's the gray area, right? But I'm also one of those, you know, you know, uh, the the upper echelon Hall of Famers first ballot. I buy into that stuff. I like the first ballot guys. Um, well, we have a uh, someone else who might want to weigh in on this that's decided to join our stream, and that's Jake from Legends Never Die. Better late than never, Jake. Uh, good to have you here. We're on Carlos Beltran, so you can tell we haven't gotten very far in the alphabet. Uh, yes or no on Beltran without having heard anything we've said about Beltran. Yes, on Beltran. So the 17 Astros stuff doesn't bother you? No. Uh, I think if steroids don't bother me now, neither does that. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that makes three out of four. That's 75%. So he's in. He's in. Well, that's why it's good to have four, because if he, if a player in our, in our little discussion here gets three votes out of the four, then they should be a Hall of Famer. And if they just use that, then we'd have a really cool Hall of Fame. So uh, I assume you're a no on Abreu, so that's pretty easy, um, uh, Jake. But the next player that I want to talk about is surprising to me that he's even still on the ballot, and that's Mark Burley. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. Please somebody tell me why Mark Burley should get a single vote for the Hall of Fame. Can't do it. I can't. I'm looking for somebody behind me. I, I can't do it either. I mean, he pitched some no hitters. That was cool. Perfect game, but yeah, that's that's not enough. Not in the Hall of Fame. Sorry, no. I mean, he's got ten percent of the vote to this point, which is, you know, that'll keep him on if if he stays anywhere close to that. Terrible uh, signer, by the way. Also, mm-hmm. terrible what? An elusive signer. Elusive signer. Okay, we're gonna skip all the way to uh, a guy who. As, as it stands right now, would get in the Hall of Fame, and that's Todd Helton. And I've always been a – I don't know that I'm a Todd Helton fan. Uh, he is a guy that my brother struck out in, in college. My brother went to Vanderbilt and pitched, and he struck out Todd Helton. So it would be cool if my brother could say I struck out a Hall of Famer. You know, uh, not many of us can say that. But – my point on Todd Helton has always been there's always this knock about playing in Colorado. 
And you can't, it's hard to, why do you fault a player for who drafted him? I mean, it's not, how, how can he help where he's playing? That's who drafted him. It, he didn't request to go there and all this other stuff. And if you look at Helton's numbers, they're incredibly impressive, actually, uh, what he did there. I know his home road splits and all. I hear all these arguments against Helton. And I, you can't just pair, cherry pick stuff. You have to look at the entire body of work, in my opinion. And so, to me, Helton's an easy yes. Uh, what say you guys? Let's go around. Jake, we'll start with you since you were late to the party. Okay. <clears throat> I guess I'll preface this for all of my answers. Um, my vote and what I think actually happened is not the same. Um, and I use a lot of milestones, counting stats, that kind of thing. That's the way that I lean. Um, I would rather have the long career as opposed to the peak greatness. Um, Helton to me is one of the true, true borderline cases. Um, Cause every threshold that I have, he hits one and he is oh so close on so many um, on my secondary qualifiers. So I'll run through some quick stats. I like 2,500 hits. That's a secondary one. Ding. Helton's got it. 1,500 runs. He's so close. He has 1,400 and some odd amount. No. RBI, 1,500. He's oh so close within a 100 or so. Uh, seven. Uh, silver sluggers or so seven golden gloves. He's got a couple, but not that many. Um, if you want to go 400 home runs, another milestone of mine, he's like 30 away from that. Oh, so close. Um, so for me, he's a no, I would vote no, but at this point, I think that he's an eventual hall of famer. Uh, Frank. Yes. He's a hall of famer. And I would, I hate the fact that he gets punished because he played in, I mean, his home runs are not like 600 home runs. He batted 316. I don't care where you play, batting 316 of lifetime. That's very impressive. Chris. You know, I saw a stat that said his road numbers were equivalent to Carlos Beltran's career numbers, overall career numbers. Um, and so I think if you put Beltran in, you have to put Helton. And that's not that's notwithstanding his Colorado numbers. And I agree. He he, I mean, he was a Team USA guy. He's got a lot of things going for him. Um, I think he was a good role model. Um, unfortunately, he didn't have, you know, any postseason really success. Um, but he, I think if Larry Walker's in, Todd Helton has to be in, in my yeah. opinion. Can I touch on one thing that Chris said? Yeah. I don't think that Helton and Beltron are the same players. Since I didn't get to really talk about Beltron, I'll give you guys a fun fact. There are four players in the history of the game that have 2,500 hits or more, 400 homers or more, 1,500 RBI or more, 1,500 runs or more, and 300 stolen bases or more. Bonds, A-Rod, Mays, and Carlos Beltran. They're the only four. And, yes, maybe my thresholds are kind of, you know, pulling a number out of a hat, but ESPN, Elias, everybody in the world likes to pull those kind of stats, and he's one of four. Um I'm not knocking Helton because I think he's very close and I don't fault anybody for voting for him. But statistically, I think Beltron's above him. So you know, let's. I saw said that not only was he Carlos Beltron on the road, but at home he was Ted Williams. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, interesting 
let's let's think through these as we get to guys that are likely going to get in, if not this year, at some point. I think Beltran does get in at some point, and it, it will not likely be this year. But his rookie card is one of my least favorite Hall of Fame rookie card. If he does get in the Hall of Fame, it'll be my least favorite Hall of Fame rookie card by a long shot because it's not even him pictured on the card. Oh, yeah. And that just drives me nuts. Um, I bought it the other day. I never owned it. And I finally succumbed and bought it in a PSA 9. Uh, It just, I hate it. Is it like Juan Pierre or one somebody or something is on the card? It's 94 tops or 95 tops. Why am I blanking on that? Um, one of these guys will look it up for me, but it's 94 or 95 tops. Uh, Beltran, actually, from an autograph standpoint, Frank, he's not like super easy, is he? I'll be honest. I'll tell you a quick Beltran story. I got Carlos Beltran. I was in nine, my high school. First year in college, the Lancey Lugnut started. And Beltran was an original Lancey Lugnut. I got him to sign a ball. I've never seen him sign since. And I donated that ball back to Lancey Lugnut. So I have a bunch of autographs right here sitting next to me. One of those is not Carlos Beltran. I do not have him in my collection currently. It is 95 tops. And it was one LeBron. One LeBron. There you go. See, I don't even count that one because it's not him. I've got the Bowman. It's a draft pick card. Yeah. Well, on all the PSA registries, that's his card. So it's just like, really? Um, it is annoying as all get out. Don't get me I wrong. Wonder, I wonder if he signs it. That'd be interesting. He should sign it as one LeBron. It's uh, not fair. That would be hilarious. Uh, He's got a beautiful signature, though. I will say that. Yeah. So Todd Helton. Uh, rookie card is 93 tops, I believe. The t- Team USA card yeah. is his rookie card. Really cool card. He's holding an Easton bat that I used to play. I So I'm the same age as Helton. And in college and high school, I played with that same bat that he's holding in mm. the Team USA photo. I had the exact same model of bat, that gold Easton that he's holding. And uh, it was a great bat. But his rookie card is pretty affordable still. Uh, not terribly expensive and his autograph. He's in a lot of products for autographs. There are a lot of cards of him out there. Uh, Frank, do you have a Todd Helton in your collection? I do have a Todd Helton. I brought it up right here. Nice. So this is from the Fleer legacy. This is signed in 2001 and his autograph has actually gotten much worse over this since this mm-hmm. time. And the only reason why I say that is he hasn't done a public signing in at least 10 years. He since he's retired, he's kind of just become a recluse. Yeah, I I went, you know, before this episode uh, yesterday, I went and just kind of looked at population of autographs and rookie cards and stuff of some of the likely guys that are, if not now, soon kind of guys. And uh, Helton's rookie cards are everywhere because it was during the heyday of the junk wax era. But autographs are... Beltron, guys like Beltron, Grinky, Helton, you know, you need to get those while you can get them because yeah. they are going to dry up, I think. And there's not now will more be made, you know, if these guys get in the Hall of Fame, will tops go to them and offer them big money to do current products? Maybe. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, As of now, it's hard. 
Well, when I thought when Beltran got the Mets managerial job originally, I'm like, oh, this will give me good access to Beltran. You know what I'm saying? He'll be out there. He'll be using the managers. They're pretty good about signing, so on and so forth. But obviously, that all went to. Next up, Andrew Jones. Um, Jake has to be quiet on this one because he's a <laughs> Andrew Jones homer. He told he's a Braves fan, so he's totally an Andrew Jones guy. By the way, Beltran played one year with the Rangers. Andrew Jones also played one year with the Rangers. So, uh, but Andrew Jones to me is not someone I thought amazing defensively. Like this is my thoughts during his career. Amazing defensively. I felt like some of his power stats that he acquired later in his career may have been, you know, enhanced somehow. Like, how does this guy turn from one type of player to a completely different kind of player? Uh, that has always made me raise eyebrows to him. Um, and I actually would not vote for Andrew Jones. So uh, I'd love to hear from someone other than Jake why I'm wrong. I want to hear for Jake why he deserves to be a Hall of Famer first, to be honest, if that's okay. Sure. He doesn't meet your stats, Jake. To be clear, I'm not a Braves homer when it comes to this. I'm a no on Dale Murphy, and people that are Braves fans hate that. Um, I'm a yes on Andrew Jones because he has 400-plus home runs and 10-plus gold gloves. He is one of three players not currently in the Hall of Fame that have 10 or more gold gloves, uh, being Ichiro, who's a slam dunk for many reasons, Keith Hernandez, who's a borderline case, granted, and Andrew Jones. What's Keith Hernandez's batting average? You know offhand? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't. If I can find out. 254 is like very low. Is that Andrew Jones's batting average? Yes. I mean, yes. You, yeah. So Keith uh, Hernandez is a 296. So he's almost 50 points higher than Andrew Jones. 40 points higher. And and Frank is. I know you've mentioned before um, the threshold, the 2000 hit threshold um, is now no longer kind of the uh, glass ceiling um, for everyone. And because Jones is under that um, 1933 uh, and that's been talked about before as well, but wasn't it, uh, was it Hodges that's under 2000? Or- yeah. But Hodges also had a decent managerial career. I mean, it's right. Hodges is a very sort of Joe Torre. Yes. Understand. So I think Andrew Jones, I think somehow eventually he may have, if you're looking at the tracker, He's mm-hmm. made a lot of gains this year. Yes, I think he he's, he's probably in the top three in terms of gains this year. And assuming that trajectory, and like he does very well with the saver metrics, the defensive war and everything, which should count. I mean, saving a run, to me, is just as important as scoring a run. And on that regard, I think the Golden Gloves have been undervalued. I think they're starting to get value. So if you're a small haul guy, yes, Andrew Jones belongs in the hall of fame if you're i'm sorry if you're a big hall guy if you're a small hall guy he's just on the outside chris well i think some of you already know i'm a big andrew jones guy i um the deep that you know you got to have something and and i'm not necessarily fixated on numbers you know somebody like mike trout never came back from his back injury right now he to me he's a first ballot hall of famer yeah. Um, and he didn't have some of those milestones, but just when you see him, he's just the greatest uh, of all time or one of the greatest of all time, certainly of this era. I think Andrew Jones 
is, um, and I've heard people talk about this, he was so effortlessly in center field for the Braves. He got to balls that nobody could ever touch, and he made it look easy. And I think, uh, you know, for me, Andrew Jones has that possibly greatest defensive center fielder of all time. And I think metrics would get there. Um, Personally, I'm a Griffey guy, but right after him, Andrew Jones was so phenomenal with his glove that, you know, if if a guy like Mazeroski can make it or something like that, I think Andrew Jones um, should make it. And, and he did, he, he just fell off a cliff um, towards the end of his career, but I don't think you can discount. He, you know, he had a lot of postseason success too. And he was a big part of those Braves making, even though they only won more one World Series. Um, and then he had the, you know, like the first at bat home run, maybe hit first two at bat home runs. If he was like 19 years old, 20, he was so young. Um, and I think, you know, people thought of him as a Hall of Famer until he fell off that cliff uh, and he didn't reach those milestones. But for me, I would vote for him. Um, just, and to, to Chris's point, I'm looking at the stats in front of me. I'm going to admit that. If he would have retired after his term with the Braves, I don't think we're, I think he's first, second ballot. You know what I'm saying? The fact that he hung on, got some money, which I'm not going to blame anyone for, actually hurt his Hall of Fame candidacy. No question. He, he even, I think he even went and played, he played Japan, South Korea. He, he played somewhere after Interesting. Uh, major leagues let him go. So I think he lo- he was just a love loved the game or he liked money. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Both, probably. That's an interesting idea, though, Frank, that if he would have quit after his Braves tenure, I, I think you might have something there. That's an interesting thought. Um, but I think gold gloves matter. Of course, defense matters. And Andrew Jones is one of the best to do it in center field, no question. But when we get to Omar's Vizquel, it's the same thing. It's got to be the whole body of work. It can't just be one or two parts of your game that gets you in unless you're named Ozzie Smith, okay? <laughs> um, or Bill Mazeroski or whatever. Um, or Andrew Jones. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> Andrew Jones. Now, Jones is at 64% or 68%, I'm sorry. So he's actually – he has gained uh, 22 votes as of now, net votes, uh, his rookie card, 95 Bowman's best, I think is on the set registry. It is. If that makes sense. I just got my first Andrew Jones autograph from a box that was given to me. So I'd never owned one because I just never thought of him, you know, in the prospecting of hall of famer kind of thing. He just never was on my, just like never went. Yeah. I think he could get there. Uh, but I'm glad I have one because it looks like he's definitely on the trajectory that he will eventually get in. That's like two um, or three years. In terms of Andrews. autographs, I got him at the 2019 National. And he's a very popular signer. He is not a tough signer at all. He was 40 bucks. I mean, what a deal. He's at the National, you got inflated prices. I couldn't believe 40 bucks for Andrew Jones. It seemed like a bargain to me. He does, he does some private signings where he signs for $20 an autograph. Correct. Yeah, definitely uh, not a hard autograph to get. Nope. And if you're a Hall of Fame prospector, I would say you need to get one if yep. that's kind of your thing. And it's a nice uh, autograph too, I think. Yeah. So we got we got to get through these guys. We'll have to go a little bit faster here. Uh, okay. Jeff Kent. Uh, he's gained a lot of traction this year. He's up to almost fifty percent, which is still nowhere close to induction. But he's on his last ballot. 
this will be the end for him. He will not make it. No By the way, does anybody think Andrew Jones will actually make it? We we had two vote yes. That what, they this were voting. Not this year, but I think he will make I would vote for him, but I think he'll make it in two or three years. Oh, yeah, I think not now, but soon. Yeah. I think I, you look on, yeah. Ryan Thibodeau's tracker is great. It shows like first first time voters. And I, I want to say when I looked on Andrew Jones, it was like 87% of first-time voters this year um, were voting for Andrew Jones. He may even had the highest percentage from the first-time voters, which I thought was interesting. He is at currently 82%. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not true. 87.5% for first-time voters. So that's pretty good. That's a good trend. Um, <laughs> if you want to have a trend <laughs> upward. Which means you – and you're going to have guys – there's a lot of guys that I've seen there that, Hey, this is my next to last, you know, ballot that it's not official that I'm going to become eligible and da da da, And all of them have Andrew Jones. So that that's a good sign for Andrew's future induction. Um, Jeff Kent. Wow. I may be on an Island here, but to me, Jeff Kent's kind of a no doubter. And it, for the position that he played, the dynamics that he brought to that position, power, and won an MVP. I mean, he's the first guy we're talking about in this entire list that's actually won an MVP. There's several others coming, but I, I think Kent's a yes. Why Why is there such resistance to Kent's induction? He was a horrible, horrible second baseman. Okay. That's all I got. I agree with you. I, I don't understand why they'll hate for Jeff Kent. I mean, not only that, he called up Barry Bonds. He's a hero in my book. <laughs> I like that about him. Uh, I think he'll he's he's kind of one of those veterans committee guys that you yeah. can totally see getting in that first time that he's eligible on the veterans committee. I don't know if he was I don't know his I don't remember his reputation with the media if he wasn't great with them or did he just piss people off? I don't know, but when I look at his career and the eye test thing, I didn't watch Kent a lot, even though I was, you know, watching baseball during his career. I don't watch every player all the time. So any thoughts on Kent real quick? Uh, Chris, He's one or... of those guys that just exploded in the 97, 98 timeframe, kind of went from a, a, a decent player to a, a really good player all of a sudden. I don't know that there's ever been any kind of association to, you know, drug use or anything. I certainly haven't heard any. Um, but I wonder if that bothered some people because uh, he just kind of turned it on out of nowhere. Um, but the mustache, too. I mean, <laughs> Jake, I don't know. And Kent, he meets 1500 RBIs and that's it. Not runs, not homers, not hits, not gold gloves, not silver sluggers. But I think if you argue for Kent, it is positional. You have to say that he's his numbers stand out at second base. I think that's got to be what you stand on if you believe he's a Hall of Famer, which I know that's what you said, Mike. Um, he's just not quite there for me. And yeah, I, I could totally see him getting in on a on a committee. I agree. He's like a uh, – like I said, if you compare him to other offensive second baseman, you can argue he's the greatest offensive second baseman of all time. So it's, it's a tough Behind, position. I would he's got think the most homers at second, right? Yeah, correct. I think Rogers Hornsby's would have something to argue about that, but why not? I said, um, it, it 
believe it or not, his 36, 37 year seasons, the most similar player to him was Scott is Scott Rowland. So, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, Andy Pettit's an easy no for me. And I think the voters are finally going, yeah, probably not a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's only at 18%. Um, anybody else would vote for Pettit? Make an argument for that? Okay, that's I think, easy. I think if each of us pitched in that rotation with that lineup, then the yeah, exactly. we would have 200 wins. Yeah. Um, then you've got Manny Ramirez. Seventh ballot for Manny. Uh, he's never going to get in through the riders. There's no question about that. But I would, again, more way more familiar with American League players from that era just because that's what I watched as a Rangers fan. Chris probably feels the same way. But you guys, Detroit with uh, Frank. But, Jake, you're a National League guy. But, man, I'm telling you, Manny, nobody wanted to see Manny Ramirez come up <laughs> if you were down two runs and there's a guy on base. Um you like anybody but Manny Ramirez, please. <laughs> you or know. David Ortiz. Or David Ortiz. Or, or Albert Bell, quite frankly. <laughs> I was scared of Albert Bell, too, pretty pretty hard in the 90s. But Manny, obvious, obvious PED, you know, suspensions, multiple. Like, he's, he's as clear-cut. A, he and A-Rod are clear-cut a case of, you know, the Roids completely affecting their ability to get in the hall of fame. There's no question. Manny has the stats like ever. Nobody I think would argue that his career numbers warrant induction, but he, he's not going to be able to jump that hurdle. Next candidate. We're in a rush. What's that? Next, Next candidate. We're in a rush. I mean that. Okay. We're, we're okay. okay. Uh, we're in, we're into the R's. So this is good. A rod. Does a rod ever get in the hall of fame? A when Manny gets in the Hall of Fame. Okay. You think- when, when Manny and or Bonds slash yeah. Clemens do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that that seal has to be broken with the obvious steroid guys before A-Rod has a chance. Numbers out of this world, right? And there's a reason yeah. they were out of this world. But the, the thing that pisses me off about A-Rod, Bond, these guys, they didn't have to do this. You know, they didn't have to do the steroids. They were great players. A-Rod was arguably the best player in the game when he started using uh, steroids with the Rangers. Um, why? Like, I don't get it. Uh, but that's a total different discussion. Uh, A-Rod will not get in this year or any year that he is on the ballot, in my opinion. I think he should be in. I, I would vote for him, and I would also vote for Manny Ramirez, by the way, if I had a vote uh, as we go through. W- Frank, would you vote yes on both guys, one guy, which guy? None, neither. You'd vote no on either. Chris? I like him, but kind of, you know, same thing with Palmero for me. I mean, they're known to have used some substances that they knew or altered their their ability. And so while I like them and I think they have the right numbers, uh, unfortunately, I don't think I would vote for them. Just the integrity clause. Okay. Jake? Ortiz failed to test. He's in. I've been anti-steroids forever, but now one's in. Let them all in. I'd vote for both, and it tastes terrible coming out of my mouth. <laughs> to actually say that. Uh, I get it. I do get it. Uh, next guy we're going to talk about is Scott Rowland, who actually is probably the most likely guy to actually get in this year. He is on his 
sixth ballot, which is one more than Helton. So he's one one year additional, you know, people cheering the Scott Rowland, you know, cheer than Helton. And uh, it'll be interesting. Rowland to me. I got, can I have to say something here? Yeah. Maybe because I live in America League City. I never watched Scott Rowland play and ever once said, here's a Hall of Famer. Never once. I don't understand it. Someone explain it to me, please. For me, he's he's a longevity guy, right? I mean, he wasn't he was never super great, but he was really good for a long time. And I think you see that from like a lot of pitchers. Um, but and it wasn't just offensively; he was also he was very good defensively. So I think when you take the whole body of work, um, you know, it doesn't feel like he was ever hurt. Uh, he was all you could always pencil him in for you know twenty five homers, a Gold Glove, make the All Star team. I mean, he would bat eighth or ninth. Um, but to me, uh, I think that's that longevity that that you see from. Uh, and, and you know, maybe he didn't get quite the numbers, but his WAR is pretty impressive. If you if you're a sabermetrics guy, I think I think he gets in. But. I'm looking at Baseball Reference right now, and they have the Hall of Fame monitor, the Hall of Fame standard, the the gray ink, the black ink, he doesn't clear one hurdle of a likely Hall of Famer. Not one. Similar batters, again, I'm not fielding, I'm not, I give him credit. The Echo Gloves is incredible. The only Hall of Famer in there is Ron Santo, and the rest aren't even close to Hall of Famers. And uh, just a quick story about uh, Scott Rowland. I had like a two minute conversation with Bill James uh, three years ago, 2020, and I asked him, do you really think I read an article about Scott Rowland will get in the Hall of Fame? He goes, absolutely, that guy was a Hall of Famer. Didn't explain it to me, but it's Bill freaking James. So if Bill freaking James says he's a Hall of Famer, I'm going to listen to Bill James. I like to think that I'm Mr. Longevity with my thresholds of milestones, and he doesn't hit but one of them, and it is gold gloves, eight. Everything else, he doesn't get there. I, I would not vote for him. I'm kind of with Frank of like, huh? Like people actually think he's a Hall of Famer. Like, really? That's surprising. Let me yeah. check his numbers again. Oh, still not good enough. <laughs> um, but I do think he's going to get in. I think the sabermetrics crowd loves him. And especially amongst new voters, we're seeing a trend with, who tend to be sabermetrics guys. They're voting for him. Um, well, let me respond to that. If you follow the tracker, he's not gaining a lot of votes this year compared to last yeah. year. He's last year was a big one. He's gained what eleven vote net eleven votes. Is he yeah. net eleven? Is he that high now? He was eight last I checked, but I yeah, he's check net eleven last. right now. Okay. I don't think he's going to get in this year. I think he's going to be the the top vote getter. But I think he's going to do the Biggio thing and miss by like that much. Oh. But he's only in like a six year. That means he's going to get in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just oh, I don't understand. If he makes, he needs Frank. I think we all agree Rollins is a no. Um, again, Hall of Very Good for Jimmy Rollins. Uh, Gary Sheffield, it's an interesting case. He's gained 24 votes this year. Blows my mind. Me too. Blows my mind. Um, you know, what What if Gary ahead. had been a designated hitter like Edgar Martinez his entire career? What if who? If he had been a designated hitter. He's a ter- he was a horrendously horrific fielder, and I, that kills him. Sabermetric, you know, like, I, I think he was one of the worst all time 
and I know part of it was attitude and, you know, he's also got, he, he's an admitted, he says he didn't know what he was using, but he, he admitted to using, uh, while he was in Atlanta brave, I think is when he was using the cream. Um, but he's got that 500 home run number. He's got those offensive stats. And if he had only been a de designated hitter, if he, I guess in Milwaukee, he would have been, uh, on an American league uh, team for a while. But would he make the Hall of Fame? I think if he didn't take steroids or uh, he, uh, with the same numbers, he would be in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. It's the steroid. I mean, he's on the Mitchell Report. He's the only one that admitted to actually even doing it on the Mitchell Report. He goes, I don't put needles up my butt. So that's not a steroid. But he's admitted to using the cream. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm shocked, like you, Frank, that he's being treated so differently from yeah. the other alleged or admitted PED users like the jump in votes of support this year just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me. With the other and, guys not jumping. And I'll tell you something else. I know a Hall of Fame voter. I can't mention his name. He only voted for three guys this year. He doesn't do with Ryan Thibodeau. And uh, Sheffield's one of his guys this year. I mean, he had a Hall of Fame batting stance. <laughs> that that, that bad speed. Oh, man. That bad speed, man. Uh, okay. Watching? I'm a pro Sheffield guy. Uh, he, he was wicked good, you know, and so I always thought that I thought he was a dangerous hitter. Um, Vizquel has just eliminated himself, I yeah. think, at this point. Uh, he's under 10%, which is – but he's one of those all-glove, all no bat. He, he had a very good accumulating career of offensive statistics. Uh, but it's all about fielding for Vizquel. If you take away the, you know, domestic abuse allegations and things, <laughs> I think he's in now. Like, I think he would be getting in this year. He was on that. Uh, that destroyed his chances. Mm -hmm. And I never thought, even when he was, you know, moving up the ranks a few years ago, I'm like, this is, I don't get it. Uh, again, great player, amazing glove, probably the, one of the best shortstops I've ever seen defensively. Uh, he was incredibly made plays. You just you can make a highlight reel, and it'd be like one series, and it would be an entire highlight reel of of plays that Vizquel would do. Uh, so, and and in an era, I think he gets overshadowed because of the era he played in with A. Rod, Jeter, Garcia Parra. You know, there were so many great shortstops. Ripken was ending his career. You know, he had so many great shortstops that were power hitters. Vizquel was not that. He was the antithesis of that, really. And so I think he gets punished a lot for just being in that era. But he's done himself in personally, you know, personal choices, and he'll never get in. Uh, and the last one's Billy Wagner, who is up 26 votes this year, second most of anyone to this point in terms of votes gained. He's at 73% right now. He would not get in, but he's really close. This is his eighth ballot so he's got a couple more years after this one uh what say you about billy wagner he's the last guy we're going to talk about and then we'll wrap up with a few things no okay i think the new york media is helping him obviously but uh i would say i'm at the point now it's because the way how common saves are now Back then, the pitchers pitched complete games. So to get a save was tough. I've talked to the Raleigh Fingers error, the Hoyt Wilhelm error. 
now it saves like a dime a dozen. When, especially when Wagner was playing, he was playing on great teams at the Astros and the Mets. It wasn't hard to get. I'm not saying it's easy to pitch in baseball. I don't want to degrade him. But that being said, I mean, it's funny. K-Rod has more saves than him, and K-Rod's barely tracking. Granted, Wagner did it in fewer innings. But, I mean, if K-Rod's getting 10%, I don't know why Billy Wagner, the fact that he's left-handed, is getting so many more votes. I I, I don't understand. It. He's played by Scott Rollenkamp. I think you're right as far as there is a segment that rallies around him that says he's the greatest left-handed reliever of the air. Whatever. I don't know. I know. His numbers aren't there for me either. I, I completely agree with Frank. Well, for me, it's his postseasons. His postseasons were horrible. And I think when you think of a oh, Hall yeah. of Famer, you think of someone who's going to rise to the occasion. And, you know, I think there's some guys who have probably gotten huge bumps because of their postseason. And he was – I mean, and, and he may have been hurt. Uh, I don't, it may have been yips. I don't know what. But he was awful in the postseason uh, and when it mattered. And so, for me, even though he was an impressive player, uh, he just didn't – longevity isn't there. Um, and I would say Hall of Very Good, but for me, not Hall of Fame. So the last thing I want to do today is we've gone through all these players is each one of you to give who, who you would vote for. I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but kind of bring it all home and, and give a list of how many players you would vote for, who they would be, and then who you think actually gets in next Tuesday. Who is Who are they going to announce has made it to the Hall of Fame? And uh, Jake, we can start with you. All right. I would vote for Carlos Beltran. Andrew Jones, as much as I don't like saying it, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, and Gary Sheffield. Uh, as far as who gets in, uh, in my opinion, for the announcement, um, my head says Roland won't get in, but I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say Roland because I want another Hall of Famer. Okay. So you would have voted – how many is that? Was that six or seven that you would have uh, voted? Five. Five. Beltron, Andrew, Manny, A-Rod, Sheffield. Okay, five. With 10, 10 votes available, right, you vote for five. All right, yeah. Chris? Uh, my ballot, uh, if Beltran, if this was Beltron's second year, I would vote for him. So I, I can't vote for him this year. He's just, to me, he's not a first ballot guy. Um, so I'm going Helton. I think I would vote for Helton. Uh, I would vote for Andrew Jones. Uh, I would vote for Scott Rowland. And I would vote for Gary Sheffield. And part of that is, is just the, I know that he had a positive, uh, he, he admitted to using the cream. Um, it, to me, that's a little bit different than, uh, than what A-Rod and what uh, Manny did. Because they, at that point in their careers, when they were caught, uh, you know, everything had changed. And so for me, that, that's enough. Um, but that's my, that's my ballot. I'm not so voting for just those four players. Yeah. And who do you think gets in announced on Tuesday, if anyone? Unfortunately, the way things are tracking, I don't think anybody's going to get in. I think I think Fred McGriff's going to have Cooperstown to himself come induction ceremony. Before Frank goes, I want to bring up a point to you guys out there. Historically, what you see in the pre-tracking numbers drops almost across the board, almost universally, everybody drops anywhere from five to 10 percentage points. Um, sometimes it's more dramatic, but 
everybody drops. Nobody goes up. Nobody goes, oh, the public, now that every ballot's out, instead of being at 72, they're at 78. That doesn't happen. And so that's why when we say, you could say easily, oh, they're they're already, you know, above. They're tracking that way. It's not going to be any different. No, it's always different. And that's the that's an important point to make why we would say, no, we don't think they're going to get in because we all know the history of this. All, all of us on this have been tracking this for years. And so we we just see the trends and how it works. Frank, go ahead. Your ballot. Or, My ballot is, okay. I'm a small hall guy. I make no qualm about that. It would be Todd Helton, Carlos Beltran, Jeff Kent. And Andrew Jones. I, I'm, I'm borderline Andrew Jones because of defense. I think he saved a lot of runs. And I won't fault him for grabbing the money after age 30. But uh, there was they, Ryan Thibodeau always re retweets this guy. This guy puts out percentages. People are actually getting 7%. And Scott Rowland's tracking at 20% odds of getting in. He's the highest. I want to say after that was Helton at 5 and then Wagner at 0.6. So mm -hmm. just based on that, I'm going to say Fred McGriff has – Cooperstown to himself in July. He can invite did a lot have, of friends to the Etsy, though. Jake, did you have a point earlier about the dropping? Yes. Uh, so you were talking about how they historically drop from the pre-results, which is what Ryan Thibodeau does, not Mr. Tibbs on Twitter, uh, to what actually happens. Um, as an example, Roland last year dropped 7.8% from the pre to the actual results. So if he did that right now with the results that we know, he would not get in. Right. If it was similar. So being the host of the show, I get to go last because it is my show. Uh, my ballot has seven players on it, which is the most out of any of us. <laughs> um, I would vote for Beltran, Helton, Kent, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Gary Sheffield. And I would be the only guy to vote for Billy Wagner. And that's seven players. Uh, I don't think anyone gets in. I, I'm in the Jake camp. I don't think anyone gets in on the ballot. I'm an optimist. I hope Roland gets in. Not, And he's not even on my ballot, but I like, I'm a big hall guy. I like seeing guys getting enshrined. And I'm just one guy with one opinion. There's plenty of people out there that think Roland should be a Hall of Famer. And I don't have any, I don't have a problem with him getting in. I'm not going to be up in arms and, you know, pounding the table that, why is Scott rolling a hall of fame? I already, I've already bruised my hands and stuff for Harold Baines. So <laughs> that's already all been done. I don't need to do it anymore. Poor uh, Baines, man. Poor Baines. You know, Baines. He's, he is the Bill Mazeroski of this generation because, you know, every, every normal baseball fan went, huh? <laughs> when they said Harold Baines, like, really? Tony La Russa influence is significant. In that room that so year. So mad he didn't go in as a ranger. Right. Go and Jerry Reinsdorf that helped also. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, I think we're going to have an empty class. That doesn't mean there aren't guys that we all think are eventually going to get in. I think Beltran gets in. I think Hilton gets in. I think Roland gets in, if not this year, mm -hmm. next year. Uh, so, it, it's not forever. It might just be a year of, of stay where we just don't have a, a player inducted by the writers. But Fred McGriff... I think is a well-deserved Hall of Famer, long overdue. If he has the limelight to himself, so be it, and good for him, right? Absolutely. Yep. He deserves so, no longer a crime, dog. 
God, I was hoping we get through a whole show without Jake using that terrible dad joke. But uh, hey, guys, thanks for being on the show and and for having me. Thanks for being my Hall of Fame brethren that I can talk about this stuff with, and it's so much fun for us to talk about it and debate. And no one has the perfect answer. You can see how much we disagree on different candidates, how much we disagree, but it's still fun. Like it doesn't change. I don't think any less of Jake because he thinks Jones is a Hall of Famer. I think I do think less of Chris because he thinks Jones is a Hall of Famer. But I th- I just thought Chris was smarter than that. But former Texas Ranger Andrew Jones. <laughs> Good point. No, um, but seriously, I respect all you guys and and love your opinions and love talking about this. The fact that I get to do it on a show and have other people listen to us have this discussions. This is what we talk about off of this so mm-hmm. we're going to keep going probably on our own but for now i'm going to let you guys go thanks for listening thanks for watching this week tune back next week i have a very interesting episodes episode i'm going to be doing next week it's one of kind of maybe this thing that's been percolating and i'm excited to share with you guys it's going to be my top 10 players of all time and it's going to be a different angle than maybe you've ever heard before tune in next week we'll see you guys later keep collecting